I'm here to introduce the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about from the guys you know and trust. Go Ooh, turn it up. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. Yeah, yeah. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Gordon, some slight breaking news. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Just saw this come across from the Jazz. It's officially, official, official, officially, official. Okay. That Mike Conley is available for the Utah Jazz tonight. Oh, well, good, because now they can work with what they've really got. And we're going to be able to do that for the past uh, couple of weeks. I'm eager to see, uh, and you kind of said this on a uh, at the beginning of his stint uh, of not playing in these few games. That I hope he took a step back and took advantage of it, you know, to see kind of maybe reassess things, the pressure, take the pressure off a little bit, and figure out where he fits with this team. He was asked about that, and he he said, yeah, that he was paying attention. And he was learning stuff. So we'll see if that manifests itself into improved play uh, tonight in this game. I, it, it has to happen. In order for the Jazz to fulfill their potential, he has to be able to play like the Mike Conley we know. And it has to be a good fit with the rest of the Jazz. But I would keep Joe Ingles on the court with him. I, I think that's the best way to go. But I'm not paid to make that decision. All right, Gordon, let's uh, jump out to the Sprint special guest line. Get a Samsung S10 for $0 when you activate a new line of service with FlexLease. Now through December 26th, visit the Sprint store nearest you. It makes the magic happen for Yahoo Sports as well as Real GM and the Celtics blog as well. He's Keith Smith with us on the big show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Keith, thanks for jumping on the show. What's going on, man? Oh, you know, a lot. We're we're almost to when the rest of the country who loves football starts paying attention to the NBA. So <laughs> it's almost that time. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit about the Jazz, Keith. Want to want to get your thoughts? We can get into kind of some more specific things, but talk about kind of what they're going through and uh, incorporating these new guys into what Quinn Snyder wants to do. Yeah, it's definitely been a rougher than expected start, I would say, for them. Mike Mike Conley had really struggled before getting hurt. His shot just wasn't falling. Seemed like a little bit of a clunky fit in the way the offense was running. I have long held that Quinn Snyder runs a lot of stuff as a coach. It's it's not a real free-flowing offense. They run a lot of sets. They they run a lot of plays. And it, it takes, even with the holdover guys, a little while to get that thing humming at peak efficiency. So when you add a bunch of new players as they did this year, there's bound to be some struggles. And when one of those guys is the point guard, that that can really lead to some, some tough uh, play to start the season. So I think they're going to be okay. I, I think this is just kind of their typical slow start in that they'll you know round in the form here as the new year uh, calendar turns over and, and we'll see them you know look like the team that we kind of always come to expect them to be. So do you think the, uh, the, the smart way to go is to allow this thing to come together as opposed to getting a little edgy and uh, trying to add there too? Yeah, it's a little tough, right? Because they, if, if you had a little bit better of a start to the season, you could give it a little more leeway. The challenge right now is 
that they are what at fifteen and eleven, I believe. They they've got some, you know, plenty of room. The bottom of the Western Conference isn't as strong as it generally is. So they look like they'll be all right. The the problem right now though is you, you don't want to let it slip too far, especially as you're trying to get yourself into contention for the um the home court advantage in the playoffs. So I, I think you have to give it time, but the the challenge becomes this is why Quinn Snyder gets paid the big bucks, right? Is you have to hit a point of no return where, all right, it's just not going to get there. We need to become the team that we are right now versus the team we thought we might be able to be. Yeah, and make no mistake, the Jazz, the expectation for this club was for it to excel. Maybe not right away, but ultimately this year, people thought that with these moves, the Jazz were pushing all their chips to the center of the table and saying, hey, this is it. We are going to contend. Yeah, absolutely. That was a national perspective as well. I know several writers who had them in the mix to contend in the West, maybe even make the NBA Finals at some point, and that they they just hasn't hasn't manifested itself. Now, if they come out of you know right around the beginning of January and they rip off one of those fifteen wins in twenty game stretches or something like that, then you know all is forgiven and all is going to be forgotten because at that point they'll be you know rounded in a form as one of the better teams. And I always hold to when you play defense as good as they do, you're going to be a good solid team eventually. The offense will come, and I think it's just a matter of time for that. Keith, if you were to kind of put the Western Conference in tiers, right, realizing the Jazz are not in the top tier, uh, obviously, but who would you include in that top tier of Western Conference teams right now? I think as it stands right now, the Lakers are in a tier of their own. They've proven that with the way they've come out gangbusters to start this season. Just dominant play on both ends of the floor. Their their defense has been really good, and I think the offense may be better than was expected that it would be. So they're they're got to be by themselves. Then I think everybody else is kind of grouped: Clippers, Nuggets, Rockets, all in that group because those teams haven't stepped forward. Now the Clippers, they're obviously taking an approach to this season of. We just want to get through the regular season. Hopefully we'll have home court advantage, and we'll figure it out when we get to the playoffs. And that's the approach you almost have to take with a guy like Kawhi Leonard because you don't want to risk you know, his health in April, May, June when it really matters to win a couple meaningless games in January, February, you know, even November, December. So they're, they're the team I would watch as probably the team that will eventually step up and become the clearly second-best team in the West. Do you like that philosophy as far as using the regular season, not so much to position yourself with the absolute top seed, but to utilize it to make your team better and not worry about the uh, sort of the the details along the way? As an overall NBA fan, I hate it because I want to see good games every night, but it, it makes a lot of sense. I think this is just where we're at now. It, there's so much pressure on these teams to win because – we hear it every year. Some team's going to have a, put together a phenomenal regular season, and then they're going to flame out in the second round of the playoffs for whatever reason that may be. And we're going to hear that over and over again. Well, they shouldn't have pushed so hard in the regular season because what do those wins mean now? And I think when you start to look at it, the way the, the Clippers are handling it, the way the Raptors really handled it with Kawhi Leonard last year and several other teams are taking this aggressive load management approach, it seems to be the right decision because then teams are at their best when it matters most. Keith Smith with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Given the movement that we saw in the offseason, what kind of trade deadline do you think we're in in, uh, in store for this year? 
I think it's going to be a more quiet one. I think there are so many teams that are pretty well positioned all already there aren't very many teams that are completely and hopelessly out of it and those that are don't have a ton of ton of tradable assets in, in addition we don't have a bunch of teams trying to set up to have a ton of cap space this summer that are trying to sell pieces off and remake their rosters because this free agent class is very very weak even some of the restricted free agents who are going to be the headline guys this summer they they have kind of come back they they agreed to extension so that's taking them off the market as well so i think it might be a kind of slower trade deadline you might you'll, you'll see a handful of role players move that'll fill roles but i don't think we're going to get any big blockbusters this year because of the way this past summer went in the way this coming summer is shaping up to be you talked about the Lakers earlier. Which team has impressed you more, the Lakers or the Bucks? I, I want to say the the Lakers, only because the Bucks were this team last year. I felt like the Bucks were really, really good a year ago. They, they're really kind of doing the exact same thing that they did last year. So you feel pretty good about them and, and where they're at. But the Lakers, they weren't necessarily expected to be quite this good. I think people thought it might take – a little while to come together, but they are really playing fantastic basketball. And that it shows the fit of that roster that they put together. A bunch of defenders and guys who shoot the ball and don't necessarily need to have it in their hands very much, and it's really come together in a big, big way for them. Out goes Kyrie. In comes Kemba there in Boston. Gordon Hayward battling another injury, but back now. Are you surprised that the Celtics have been this good, uh, given that a lot of people would have thought Kyrie better than Kemba? I am a little bit surprised that they got off to the start that they did, given all that they've been through injury-wise this season. Kemba missed some time. Marcus Smart's been out. You referenced Gordon Hayward being out. They, their big man rotation has really been kind of, you know, knocked around this season because of injuries. So that's, that, that part of it is a surprise. But I thought that they'd be about the same team they were last year. One of the things that I said all along was Kemba Walker is not as good a player as Kyrie Irving is in a vacuum. But fit matters. The fact that Kemba Walker shows up to the facility every single day, ready to work with a smile on his face, wants to be in Boston, wants to lead those young guys together. And that's all the off-the-court stuff. Then on the court, he can play off the ball. They've, they've used him to a wide degree uh, as an off-ball guy, which is just not Kyrie's strength. There might not be many players, if any, better in the league with the ball in their hands than Kyrie Irving. But Kemba Walker is so good off the ball that it just makes a massive, massive difference. What the heck's going on in Miami, and what can the rest of the league learn from uh, their success there? You know, I, I think it's it's what, what they have done is they have put together a group of guys who play harder night in, night out than almost anywhere else. It's a group really in the kind of that Pat Riley mode, a bunch of guys with chips on their shoulder, and they are ready to attack and get after it. And it is really a group that if you watch them, if you enjoy defense and guys who get after it, on both ends of the floor, you really can't help but root for that team in Miami because they, they really do. They play as hard as anybody does, and they're going to be a really tough out because the thing they were lacking the last couple of years was that guy you could throw the ball to at the end of games and say, make a play for us, make something happen, and now they have that guy in Jimmy Butler. 
Keith Smith is with us, contributor for Yahoo Sports, Real GM, the Celtics blog, amongst other things here on uh, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, Keith, the ratings on TV down significantly this year from last year, and even last year they were down. Any thoughts or explanation as to why? Well, there's a couple of things at play. One is I think there are an increasing number of folks who just don't believe that the NBA season starts really until Christmas when the end of the football season comes around. Then you have another group, another subset on top of that, that doesn't believe the NBA season starts until the playoffs roll around. There are a lot of people who just feel like there is no reason to watch this this uh, league until the playoffs get here. And whether they're right or wrong, it doesn't really you know matter. They, they just... You know, that, that's the belief. The other thing is ratings are down for just about everything, with the exception of football, all around the country because people are just finding different ways to watch things. So I think it, it's one of those things where the NBA is kind of navigating a new path where they have a very young audience, and that young audience tends to not want to sit down, you know, three, four times a week and watch something for two and a half hours every, every time. They, they want to get in and out, and they're going to follow it the way they want to follow it. That's interesting, Keith, because whenever this sort of thing happens, we think, all oh, the popularity of the game is sagging. But it's not guys like you and Jake and me and, and uh, the, the, the people who love basketball that are fluctuating here. It's uh, casual fans, like you were, you were saying there. It's, it's, it's people that are sort of breezing in and breezing out, right? Absolutely. That's exactly who it is. And that casual fan, that's the guy that everybody wants to get. Those are the, the guys that everybody's after trying to bring in those eyeballs because the hardcore fans, they're going to be there all the time, as you said, no matter what. I, I'm going to sit down and watch games every night, no matter who's playing. I, I get a lot of enjoyment out of you know just about anybody, and that's even before I was, you know, it was part of my, my work life. So that becomes the, the challenge is how do you bring in those, that group of fans who, yeah, I like it, but I don't really love it enough that I'm going to sit there and watch you know, all day, every day. That, that's a challenge for the NBA, and they're going to have to figure that out. The other challenge for their younger audience, a lot of these kids are not fans of, of uh, teams. They're fans of players. So when you have guys like Stephen Curry, who's one of the most popular players in the league, who's out, a lot of the superstars are on the West Coast, which eliminates the East Coast fans from watching them. They're, they're just not going to get into it. They're, they'll check it out you know, on those big games on a Saturday night or, or the Sunday you know, afternoon ABC game. But, but night to night, they're not going to tune in because it's just not important to them in their life. So final question for you, Keith. The Jazz last year won 50 games. Do they blow past that win total this year? Yeah, it's going to be hard because that means winning 35 of their last 50 or so games, 60 games, and that's a pretty big number. I think they'll ultimately get to the mid to high 40s. I just don't know that they'll be able to get all the way into the to the fifties just with the struggle. But that said, it would not surprise me if they, you know, come out and again fifteen out of twenty or twenty out of twenty five games because that's the kind of thing thing that they've done in the past. So I wouldn't count them out from putting together still a really good regular season. Keith, always a pleasure. Thank you very much for jumping on with us and sharing a little insight. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Keith. Keith Smith Contributor to Yahoo Sports, Real GM, amongst other things. I'm telling you right now, if you had told uh, Jazz fans before the season started that the team would end up with a lesser record this year than what it had last year, I don't think most of them would believe that. I still think they'll finish with a better record this year than last year.
because they got off to a worse start last year. They did. So they had to finish stronger the last two years than they have. They're in better position this time if they can, if they can put it all together. And they're going to have a nice record once this month is over because they're going to beat up on some of the dregs of the NBA. And you just got to hope that they put it together and it's for real. Because last year I think we saw that once they got to the playoffs, some of that play down the stretch wasn't necessarily real. It was a little more circumstantial. Well, that's what happens when you play the Rockets and early on. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, tough draw. There's no doubt about it. And the Jazz weren't better than the Rockets. So they'll need to close at a similar clip, but they – in all seriousness, Gordon, they, they have to put it together. Yeah. I mean, it's there's more going on with this team right now than wins and losses. Wins and losses aren't as important as are they putting it together and playing up to their potential. And that's a great point, Jake, because when you think about later in this season, if the Jazz are struggling with the same problems then that they have now, that, that will be disconcerting right. for every observer around here because you would expect – real progression to be made. And that's what Quinn stresses with his players. He doesn't talk so much about the game tonight as he does about, okay, what, where is this along the continued ascension that is presumed to be happening? So we'll, we'll con- that's why I think tonight is, is an interesting game because Orlando is not a bad team. So the Jazz will be tested tonight, but not Lakers tested, but they'll have to, to put on their A game. And Mike Conley's it's going to be really interesting to see how he fits. I guarantee you one thing. The Jazz will play better against the Magic tonight than they did against the Magic in Mexico City last year. <laughs> Too bad Austin's not here today. Uh, I mean, Alex is doing a great job filling in for Austin. But, of course, uh, the Mexico City-Orlando Magic game, that was the game that Austin filled in for Adrian, producing the Jazz <laughs> broadcast, and uh, let an intern – well, broadcast ex- assistant, excuse me. But just let him have it. <laughs> what happened? Remind me. I can't even remember. There was some behind the scenes, and there was some miscommunication. And Austin, who understandably was feeling pressure because he doesn't – always produce the jazz broadcast and i'll tell you this about the jazz broadcast it's a tough thing to produce yeah there's a lot of moving pieces and you know david and this is one of uh you know why david's as good as he is i mean he, he demands a high quality product so there's a little pressure there and something didn't go according to plan <laughs> and of course we were having connection issues because you know it's out of the norm to be down in mexico city and yeah there's some it was boiled over a tad with our boy and who did we send down there uh, for that. Mark Douglas Mark. Yeah, had to go down there and uh, <laughs> and get all the equipment set up and ready to go. Yeah, yeah, that was an adventure. Well, it was it was getting Mark back that we were worried about because he had to <laughs> he had to come back commercial. Was he bringing a possum with him? And he was bringing you know thousands of dollars worth of equipment with him. So, uh, why, let's not talk about possums anymore. I you know after the not sports board, I had a, a whole like break full of possum breakdown from you, and I don't think. <laughs> I don't think I can handle it. Well, it was because, is it opossum? Is it opossum? Is it possum? Which one is it? You're really determined to get to the bottom of this. Well, you can't I'm, just I, let it go? I Googled you can't it. just say I Googled it, possum. and there seemed to be difference of opinion Ugh. on Google. Some people said opossum. Some people said, no, just possum. Some people said, no, the opossum and the possum are two different things. Uh, beats me. All I know is that uh, JetBlue wouldn't let this particular passenger travel on the plane with his pet possum well let me say this if you, if you get to the bottom of it tell somebody else 
I have seen a family of squished possums on the road. <sighs> All right, more next. It's the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is the big show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Joe. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. We really appreciate it. Gordon, we, I, I've just got to get this story out there real quick. We don't, we don't have to dwell on this because, yeah, we don't. But it, 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 what do you say? The news is something uh, extraordinary? Yeah, that which is like extraordinary. All right. So the, the father of uh, Ezekiel Elliott lives in uh lives in Ohio. His name is Stacy El- uh, Elliot, also known as Stacy El Muhammad. Okay. All right. So uh he's being charged, Gordon, uh 21 charges after he uh allegedly illegally owned and released a wild African cat that attacked a neighbor's dog and was later shot and killed by police. At least it wasn't an opossum. They initially thought that the cat was a bobcat, but no, it's actually a serval. Have you ever heard of this? S-E-R-V-A-L. Or serval? Serval? Is that worse? Uh, It's a wild cat native to Africa. Um, They are small, slender cats with long legs, a lean body, a short tail, and a small head. They range from 23 to 36 inches in length and uh, 17 to 24 inches in height and weigh anywhere from 15 to 40 pounds, and they live up to 19 years in the wild. So are they endangered or are they dangerous? Well, attacking this dude's dog, it sounds like. It sounds like they're kind of dangerous. Size well, of a bobcat? Did he attack a dog? Did the, the dog uh, seek him out? Or what? Was it a showdown? I, I don't know. Let's see. Um, uh, the charges, uh, owning an exotic animal without a permit is a first-degree misdemeanor. Other charges include failure to notify of a dangerous wild animal escape, obstruction of official business, and failure to have a dangerous wild animal signage on cage, according to a report. Uh, He initially denied that the cat was his, and then they did a little looking into it, and lo and behold, yeah, the cat was his. Was how'd they find that out? Was he like rubbing up against his leg, you know, uh-huh. like cats do, purring? El Muhammad uh, denied that he was owner, the owner of uh, the Serval, when asked by Department of Agriculture. But investigators traced the cat to El Muhammad from data in a microchip that showed he purchased the Serval, according to the dispatch. I'd say you, you can be tracked no matter what you do. Well, okay. Uh, hmm. I, I don't get the, you know, like... You, People you, want something exotic. They want something different. They don't want a, a, a regular old cat. Or at least some people don't, apparently. But, but I mean, okay, I, I don't know... see what know. happens when he tries to take him on JetBlue. I don't know what Zeke's dad does for a living. Very funny. I'm moving on from the possum stuff. I know what Zeke Elliott, or don't know what his dad does for a living. But I'm guessing that he can't afford this type of pet unless he's getting money from his son, right? Wouldn't you think? Oh, how do you know 
that? I don't know that. I'm speculating. But well, I is this some is it an expensive exotic to pet? to buy a wild African cat off the black market? <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing it's not cheap. I'm guessing that's that, that's not a couple hundred dollars. Wait a minute, what, what, it was the black market. Where else is he going to get? I a don't know. Serval? They they follow they follow the chip. I mean, somebody must have been taking. Uh, do they? Is that how? Is that doable on the black market? Here, this is on the, in the uh, Yahoo Sport or the Yahoo report. According to National Geographic, the exotic pet trade results in millions of wild animals uh, animals sold annually around the world for domestic keeping, and contributes to a multi billion dollar black market. Huh. Oh, I'll be. Where'd the cat come from? Did Africa. Some, I know, but someone steal it off a, out of a reserve or something? Somebody penned it up and sold it on the black market. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it got and loose. How do you, how, Stacy? Yeah, Stacy. Uh, Stacy going, I want myself a serval. That's what I want. <laughs> right. I, I don't mean, do you get that. a catalog on these things? Can't you pick a better it, place to spend your money? That's my point. And then you can't, if you've got it, you can't let it out to attack the neighbor's dog. <laughs> Maybe it was scratching at the door. <laughs> oh, don't mind that. That's just my serval. Gets a little That's hungry. That's my wild African cat. This time of day. <laughs> so anyway, there's Well, my... I feel bad for Fido. Oh, <laughs> the dog was... survived. The serval did not. The what? C- the cops shot the serval. Oh, wow. And the dog survived. That must have been ferocious. You know, they deemed it a, a, a how they know who danger. Is, who, how they decide who was the good guy and who was the bad guy. Well, I'm sure the neighbor was like, "It's his <laughs> attacking my dog." Right. <laughs> oh man! I'll so, tell you, there's uh, here. Here's a. We've picture. had a pet heavy show today. Oh wow! That's a picture. Wait a minute! The, I got to look at that. That's a picture of the serval right there. Okay, yeah. that might put the fear of God in you. A yeah, little bit. that's yeah. a that's an aggressive looking cat right that, there. That looks like a freaking. And, and do you really like <laughs> let a cat like that just wander your house? You know, it's, is that your typical? And what happens you know, if he tabby gets mad? cat? That's not Garfield right there. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, yeah, he must have. You know, because cats are sort of. I, I don't want to offend cat people out there, but don't cats sort of have a mind of their own? Yeah, they're independent. Right. Yeah, they're exactly. not going to listen to you. You can't say, hey, come here. I wonder what its name was. Well, we need to speak respectfully because. <laughs> <laughs> the serval is passed. Yeah. <laughs> Let me see that one more time, man. That is, I can see. What do you think uh, serval goes for? Wow, look at that thing. Uh, describe it for you. Yeah, very small head, but big ears and a bunch of spots. And uh, kind of a kind of a beigeous color with uh, with black spots and striping on it. Woof! I wouldn't want to come face to face with that thing. So uh, my question to you is, Gordon, if you were uh, my I, dog would have taken care of it though. If you were uh, somebody in this position and money were no object, what foolish thing would you uh, just throw a couple hundred gur at? <laughs> you think that cat cost? Two hundred grand? A cat like that off the black market? I bet it. I I don't know. Actually, I don't. I mean, it could cost fifty bucks. I just well, if it's going to be an animal, wouldn't you want a tiger or something? I mean, I want. See, I wouldn't want anything that could turn on me. That's no, I wouldn't want a tiger. I know, but they're so cute when they're little cubs and whatnot, you know. And and then when you're Roy Horn and it's ripping your arm off. (laughs) 
probably get the little ball of yarn and and tease it and play with it, you know, and it's swatting its paws at it, and you're giving it uh, you're giving it some kind of uh, cat food. <laughs> you wouldn't have any mice. I guarantee you that. No, no. What would you get? I'd probably buy myself a Porsche. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, it's Porsche. Uh, and I, it's but, actually what, Porsche. What, what, <laughs> it confuses me when you say that because you, you are more wrong about that than you are about most things. Well, I don't know. I just I know it's called Porsche. That's it. That's all. If you, <laughs> who told you that? I think it was you. No, it's Porsche. Oh, no, I doubt it. The E is there. So it's kind of like a possum. <laughs> you know, you oh, say. stop it. All right, that's it. <laughs> or if you, or what exotic uh, animal would you get? Um, would you want a monkey in your house? It could be interesting. <laughs> It'd be more helpful than a, a serval. <laughs> You're going to put it to work? Yeah, right. Like, it's wash no those way. dishes. <laughs> that ain't happening. It'll make a big mess. I, I've Although been, it might be smarter than you. I've been reading a bunch of Curious George with my daughter lately. <laughs> Curious George is doing all sorts of useful stuff. <laughs> Name me an animal that would be acceptable to you, preferably an exotic one. I just see. I don't want an exotic animal. I'm, I told you with the stupid possum story that just keep your pets basic. I, I, I don't understand the desire to go buy yourself a serval <laughs> because it's different looking. That is a cool looking cat. You got to admit it. But I don't know what you do when it starts. You know, killing the animal, uh, killing you know various dogs on the block. By the way, shout out to Mitch P on Twitter who tweets in. Says my thorough five second Google research says a serval goes for between fifteen and twenty k. Okay, you said two hundred thousand. I don't know how much it costs. Twenty k is a lot of money. Are you saying okay, like twenty k? Like here, let me get out my wallet. <laughs> if you could have a cat like that and have it behave itself, uh, you know that might be worth fifteen grand. Man, you and I are living in two very different worlds. I look at it. Hey, Alex, just out of curiosity, Tiger. if you had an extra 20K lying around, where would uh, a, a list of wants and needs, where would a Serval <laughs> land on there? Uh, probably towards the bottom. Towards the bottom, yeah, I would think it, so. Yeah, you know, it, food, transportation, that sort of thing, that's a little more important. How would you like to have a pet elephant? Um, it might be a storage problem. Yeah, there's... They eat a lot. Oh, it's an I mean, elephant! <laughs> I mean, like, it might be fun for transportation, but it wouldn't be very practical. Yeah. Does what, what do, eat what, a what lot? What do elephants eat? Do they eat peanuts? Like vegetables <laughs> and stuff, I think. Do they? And do they eat everything with their trunk? I guess so. No, not like through, they put it in their mouth. No, I know, trunk. with the trunk. <laughs> yeah. <that's what> <laughs> I regret bringing up this story. I, I'm I just trying to think of a, a different kind of animal that would be really fun. Well, How about a bird? No, I'm not a bird person. You know, you're not a falconer or anything no. like that. All right, we'll get Gordon's final thoughts on the jazz game before we get ready for jazz game <laughs> night. Remember coming when up that next. falcon, that eagle attacked Austin? <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the best stories ever. Uh, join us coming up tomorrow, hanging out with our friends at Homie at a Homie Home, 11457 Camden Road, right there in Draper. Come by and see us. We'll have more of the big show How about next. Koi? We like some koi. 975. Dig a pond. And 1280 the zone. So put your hands together and please welcome. This is Utah's best sports radio. 
You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Tell a friend. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Uh, it's the big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 Zone. No, no repeating stories from the break. Over, I hope that Alex. story didn't go over the air. Yeah, no. If it did, I, I won't be sitting in the seat for long. But it, you know, it did happen. Just the facts. <laughs> that was, that was something that that happened. We got off onto an interesting tangent there in the break. Yeah. That all started uh, with Utah State basketball, interestingly enough. <laughs> yeah. uh, Gordon, tonight, the Jazz and the Magic. Jazz game night takes over about 10 minutes uh, from right now as we'll get you ready for this one here at Vivint Smart Home Arena. It's going to be the last home game for a little bit, Gordon. After tonight's game, they head out on a three-game roadie uh, at Atlanta, at Charlotte, and Miami. Next home game will be the day after Christmas, the 26th, when Portland is here in this building. That's a manageable schedule, I think. Miami is tough, obviously, but uh, that uh, tonight, Jake, would you agree with me that the, the most important, I mean, the first 15 minutes of that game are going to be really important. Why? Because if the Jazz get off to a bad start again, uh, I, I think it could get worse. Uh, so, but if they come out strong and they're sharing the ball and they're doing, and, and maybe the first, uh, toward the end of the first quarter into that second quarter, the bench plays well early on. I think it's almost healing in some ways. Therapeutic. See, I think it's well, less about the beginning and more about the second quarter, the bench, yeah. the bench time. Well, that's a part of it, uh, I guess. They've been, you know, starts. Not to say that they've all been good, but but listen, the the story of the Jazz this year, outside of Mike Conley, which he makes his return tonight, and you hope he comes back and plays like uh, like Mike Conley's capable of sure. playing. But outside of that, the the, the bench has one hundred percent been the story with this team. And we can talk about Joe Ingles being a little sluggish, and we can talk about some other stuff. But really, as soon as somebody from that starting five leaves the lineup, the Jazz are severely effective. Affected. Uh, yes. Excuse me. Yeah, they are. And that's something that absolutely has to be solved. They can't accomplish their goals with uh, with that kind of drop-off off the bench. So, I mean, those guys were probably heavily involved in what the Jazz were trying to practice over the past couple of days. So, What do you think the key is for that, though? Well, Other than, hey, all y'all, you got to play better. Well, I think Mike Conley coming back will help because he's at least another body. Yeah. He's another contributor. You know, the depth on this team is, is certainly an issue. And I realize that figuring out how to bring Mac, Mike back into the rotation and what to do with Joe, I, I realize that that's ticklish. But you'd rather have the body than not in this particular team because some of those bench guys, when they don't have it going, you'd like to limit some of their minutes, not uh, have to play them. Okay, how would it be if the Jazz started Joe Ingles – and Mike Conley. And then you brought Royce off the bench. And then if you stagger Donovan's minutes the way Quinn has been doing quite frequently, then you have Donovan and Royce on the court together. Is that good enough for you? Or do you are you less concerned about the offensive output of the that second unit 
or are you more concerned with uh, defensive liabilities if Royce isn't in that starting lineup? Conceptually speaking, Gordon, I think it's better with Joe Ingles coming off the bench. I do, and I don't understand. But you do, you do acknowledge that he plays better with better players. So my advice would be to Joe then get it together. And who doesn't play better alongside? Well, but players? you know what I'm saying. I'm not just saying. But, but what they it's, need he, from him, he, is- he accentuates what those better players do. He sets them up better. They set him up better, and it's it works better. But what does the team need? And and Joe is the first one who says he's here to to do what the team needs. The team needs him to make plays for the lesser lineup. They need him to make plays for the bench. They need somebody off the bench to give them a scoring punch. But and he's as not much good as I enough. Love, he's not powerful enough scoring-wise in order to raise all those boats. He can't. I don't think he can do it. As I'm a Royce guy. I'm higher on Royce than you are, but he's not that guy coming off the bench. That's not, that's not him. Hmm. But what Royce can do is guard the other team's best player. And that's why I think Royce brings value in the starting lineup because he doesn't take shots, but he will take a tough defensive assignment. That's why I'm saying conceptually, and you know what, Gordon, maybe it doesn't work. Maybe somehow Joe is not capable of of coming off the bench for whatever reason. But I don't understand. I, I don't like the argument of, well, he plays better with better players. Well, but yeah, he does. He doesn't. But, but I, and that's not I, what they need heard from him. I said I get that everybody usually would, but he accentuates their games with the, the the nuances of his own. Does he have the potential to be as good as Mike Conley? No. Well, then Joe is the one who needs to figure it out. I just think of what that starting lineup could be offensively if if they're hitting on all cylinders. Well, it's not like Joe is unable to play with everybody else, but we're talking about starting. Yeah. I think your strongest argument is at the defensive end. And they are a defensive club, in theory. Well, it'll be very interesting tonight to see how it all comes together. All right, want to remind you to listen tomorrow on a Win Ticket Wednesday for your chance to win tickets to see the Jazz. Take on the Portland Trailblazers that day after Christmas, December 26th. Purchase a Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat ticket to an upcoming game and receive unlimited hot dogs, nachos, popcorn, ice cream, and soda. Visit the Ford Fan Zone on Level 6 for free Ford swag, jazz tickets, movie passes, and much, much more. Gordo? I apologize to all our listeners today who, uh, who are offended by Jake's attitude toward animals. That I don't think possums belong on an airplane. That's uh, how many. Who's that offending? Uh, you don't like them. Admit it. On airplanes, correct. You don't like them anywhere. Um, I, if they want to remain on their tree, it's fine with me. <laughs> but I don't want to sit next to them on the airplane. Correct. If you went into a friend's home and they had an opossum running around, would you leave? Mm, I'd think about it. You don't like servals either. No, I'd definitely leave if there was a Serval running around. All right. Well, we have an awful lot of listeners who are pet lovers, animal lovers. Servals? <laughs> Maybe not. How many possum lovers do we have listening to the show right now, you think? Probably got a few. I doubt it. Anyway, it was fun today. Thanks, Jake. I'll see you tomorrow, buddy. Okay. All right, Jazz Game Night kicks off next, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. I knew that was about the end of it. So long, farewell, I'll be saying goodnight. I hate goodbyes. This 